0: If you were at the BC Business Top 100 Lunch, June 26, 2013, we had probably about a 1,000 people at the ballroom at the Hotel Vancouver. My guest interviewer that day was Frank Juster, and he is my guest again today. And I am so appreciative. Eight years have gone by. I don't think we've had five minutes together, but I've observed how you've grown, how you've developed, how you've matured and how you've uh, switched uh, a lot of the things you were doing then to what you're now doing today. And thank you, Frank, for being here. I appreciate that very much.
1: My pleasure, Peter. Always a pleasure.
0: So tell me, what is the largest impact you think you've had in the world, on the world, in, those, in these past eight years?
1: It's always work in progress, right? I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm still getting warmed up, I think. Um, I think that there are two things where if I've, provided any influence for others is that um, we're always looking, as you know, my life is philanthropy. That's most of my life these days. And our approach to philanthropy is one where we're always looking for new models to address social issues, like the big social issues. And um, we take risks. We, We take a lot of risks in developing new ideas to see if we can do things that are more sustainable sometimes more scalable, so that we can address a larger audience of beneficiaries. And to me, and we've succeeded in in a number of ways, and I can get into a lot more detail, but um, the idea that we create these models that others can uh, use later on and do it in a way where you're addressing a large population of beneficiaries, to me that's, you know, if that's all I end up doing in my life, that's, you know, that's, 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 it's been very worthwhile.
0: Mm. What well, is the number one thing that has caused you, that has driven you over these past years?
1: I guess two things, you know, I'm passionate. Um, and I think that my passion for things that I like doing, whether they be business or philanthropy, drives me. It drives me to succeed because if you don't feel it, if you don't love what you're doing, whatever you're undertaking, you're not gonna succeed because it takes passion to be excellent at what you do. And then with that excellence, you can, you can achieve success. So I think passion is probably the most important feature in, in my life.
0: Before we went on the air here, you were telling me uh, your life is very busy travel-wise. Travel a lot to London and Italy and what have you. Uh, why do you call? Obviously, I, I would know how I'd, I'd how I'd answer this question. But why do you then call Vancouver your home?
1: Well, have you looked outside today? It's yeah. a gorgeous. I was up so, like at 5:30 this morning, and I was out on my back deck and I was just looking at the sunrise and, and it was it was, a beautiful place to live. Uh, a fantastic city. B. My children grew up here and so this is where they grew up and went to school and i just became an empty nester this last month where my youngest went off to university so um that keep kept me in vancouver uh, both both those things and uh even now that both my kids are gone and, and in other parts of the world um i i still love coming back to vancouver but i do travel a lot and i I I will be spending more time in other cities where I have things that are going on. So, but I will always consider Vancouver as my home.
0: When people talk to me, what is Frank really like? I said, he's a very nice individual. Uh, He's he's a businessman. He knows what he's talking about and you can't fool him. But the one question that um, I asked you eight years ago, that people keep saying, was he really uh, working at a Super Value store in Alder Grove for three or five bucks an hour? And I said, yeah, that's true. And uh, he said to me, he thought that was as good as it gets. And then, uh, but then then you repeated, said, actually, I thought one day I might even be assistant manager. Now, you've come a long way from Super Value store in Alder Grove assistant manager to where you are today. Yeah. What lessons did you learn as being an assistant manager at a supervisor?
1: Well, I was never an assistant manager. I never I never achieved that goal uh, at that, that high. Was, that was my thinking in high school. Um, you know, I had this job for 3 years during high school and it paid very well and it allowed me to buy a car and and do all sorts of things. Um, but when I went to college and I decided to focus on business and specifically the stock market, you know, the idea of uh, being an assistant manager was no longer <laughs> in the cards for me. I was, my my goals overnight, and this happened actually overnight, my goals went from that to something much loftier uh, yeah. in terms of being successful and in, in, in achieving success. So yeah, it, it, and it happened overnight. Just once my father introduced me to the stock market, I... I I knew right away that was going to be it. You know, I knew I was going to be in that business. I was going to be a stockbroker. And that's really how I started my career. You said something off the air,
0: and I hope you don't mind me repeating it, because I've never heard anyone as wealthy as you say this. But you said with passion, and and I can understand it. You said, I don't want to be a billionaire. What am I going to do with a billion dollars in the bank?
1: Yeah,
0: explain that.
1: Well, yeah, no, I get asked that a lot because I, I get mislabeled a lot in articles when things are written about me that I have no control over. They say, you know, billionaire, Frank Justra, and and it bothers me because I'm not. And occasionally when I'm being interviewed and I'm and that it, the subject comes up about, I said, no, I'm not a billionaire. I will never be a billionaire. I give my money away way too quickly to ever become one. And lastly, I, don't feel the need to be a billionaire. I don't get it. I don't get why someone needs a billion dollars or $10 billion. They'll never be able to spend it. They're going to just spoil their kids and their grandkids and, 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 you know, because you can't take it with you. And so I just don't get it. And I think the world could do with a lot less billionaires, especially these days, with the level of inequality that's taking place all over the world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I just, it doesn't resonate with me. I just go, why would I want to be a billionaire.
0: what would you uh, how would you answer the question what do you want the most in the world not for you but for the world
1: you know i've always had a problem with uh, injustice um any type of injustice and it, it, even when i remember when i was a little kid and i'd see things happen that i just knew were wrong in the world around me and it just has always bothered me a lot <laughs> and you know i'm not naive i know we don't live in a perfect world i mean i I'm co-chair of the crisis groups <laughs> all we do is try to prevent and end deadly conflicts around the world so i get what world we live in and i get what what happens in this world but i do believe there that people can do more i really believe that there's a lot of capacity to do more there are a lot of social issues that remain unaddressed and i think that people should step up a little bit more and then my motivation is life is in life is to try and get those people to step up to step out of their bubble and just look around acknowledge that a problem exists and then look at ways of fixing it and um, and because a lot of these social issues when you look around they're fixable if you know people collaborate pay attention find out what the root cause of those problems are you, they can be addressed they're just not interesting to most people that are you know either just worrying about their own well-being and um, but I, I do have a problem with wealthy people that sit on their wealth and don't participate in, in helping others I I, I that's that's my, that's the one that's the biggest issue I have
0: so um, tagging on to that what are your goals and aspirations then for the money that you earn given the fact that you kind of put a sitting on under what you're going to have a billion dollars
1: my goals and aspirations yes <clears throat> well, um, I'm 64 and um, I've already achieved a lot of my goals and I'm in, 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 in the business world. I, I don't have any real goals in the business world, but in, in in the philanthropic world, just to keep doing what I am doing already, which is, and I have my, my fingers in many pots um, uh, in terms of different social issues around the world and here at home. And I just want to prove that taking an entrepreneurial approach to solving some of these social issues is worth the risk. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're always experimenting to to see if we can't find a new way to address an issue. And I guess the one thing that I'm the most proud of in terms of its scale is my uh, foundation called Accesso, which started out uh, in partnership with Bill Clinton about 13, 14 years ago. Uh, it's now out of the Clinton um, uh, Foundation and uh, I took it out a few years ago and renamed it to Accesso. And it basically is a poverty alleviation model that we have took years to develop uh, in uh, Latin America and in the Caribbean. And, uh, and we've done pilot projects in other parts of the world and we developed a brand new model and it was it's called mm-hmm. the Farmer Services Model. And what it does is it reverse engineers demand from large institutional buyers of farmed product. And then we reverse engineer that and create, you know, um, a collective of smallholder farmers in a specific region, giving them the training, the input, all of the technology that's needed, sometimes financings, is needed, to allow them to deliver at the quality and quantity levels that are desired by the the large institutional buyer. And then we create all the supply chain in between. So what does it do? It creates jobs, the whole supply chain part of it, uh, and the added value part of it. Um, And it raises the income levels of the farmers by two or three times. And that, you know, it took us years and a lot of money to try different models, different approaches. We finally settled on that one. And now we're scaling it in other countries. and I think that that's something that is applicable, that model is applicable all over the world. And because, you know, it took us a long time to get it right. And, um, and now we can show people how it works. And if that were the only thing that I did for the rest of my life, that'd be something to be very proud of. And I do a lot more, many other things. But that one, that one is a good example of something where I, I, I still have, my aspiration is to make it a global model used by others
0: now you uh, used to have a magazine in new york called farmer i think you've you've moved that does modern that have farmer, any modern, it, farmer. modern farmer does that, that, does that have any relationship to that, what you just said
1: no completely different modern farmer was set up as a uh, for-profit business some 12 i don't care eight years ago nine years ago and um and I tr- You're in the magazine business, so I'm not telling you something you don't already know. The magazine business is really tough, especially when you only have one magazine. If you have a suite of magazines, you know, it, it might it's, it's, you might have better luck. But with one magazine, it, just, it was a tough business. I wanted to do it because I was very passionate about the subject matter that the magazine covers, which is the, yeah. the, the food movement and what's happening in the world of food, all the issues around food. So I tried to run it as a for-profit business for, for a bunch of years. And I've just decided uh, a year or two years ago, I'm making a transition to make it a nonprofit platform that's there to educate and educate the public on everything that's food related, which is health, food security, climate change, um, uh, immigration, all these issues related to food, we cover and and, and it's the idea of educating people on the subject of food.
0: Who do you think has influenced you the most in in your career?
1: You know, I, I, I don't know. I think I don't have any one person, but I can think of two people that influenced me in different ways. Uh, one was Bill Clinton, uh, who I you know, became very close friends with. Uh, we're still friends, um, even though I'm no, no longer part of the foundation and, and his own foundation. Um, but what he taught me was how to think big, number one, how to inspire and motivate uh, motivate others to as a call to action on a specific idea and how to collaborate with other groups, to work in tandem with other groups when you're trying to solve a large social issue. Mm -hmm. Those are all three things that he taught me and I basically watched him for many years, watched his approach and I took from that approach the parts that I really liked and those were the parts. And and, and, then I deployed them in everything that I did from there on in those those concepts. The other one in terms of um, and, I, and I've said this to, to him, Richard Branson's become a very good friend of mine over the years and I've spent a lot of time with Richard. And in terms of how to live your life in the fullest way, doing good, but also enjoying life, being passionate about what you do, he does it in spades. I mean I know I do. I wrote that uh, I wrote a five piece, um series called uh, the five secrets to a balanced life you can find it on my blog francjusor.com i wrote this about 3 years ago and i gave the reason the, the five things that i believe lead to a successful and balanced life and richard branson lives his life in that fashion he's a very generous person he's a loving person with his family he's very passionate about the job the the, the business the business he creates and runs he loves adventures, you know, doing crazy things. I do all those things. He does them in a much bigger way than I do. But so I, I you know, he, he inspires me. And he's, and he's like, I think he just turned seventy-one last July. Wow. And you know, I've I've watched him work out. I've actually took me on a bike ride once, up straight up a hill a couple of years ago. And I thought, you know, I you know I bike. I, I'm pretty good on a bike. I, I have my own road bike, and I go for long rides. And he kicked my butt and he's, you know, he's 71. He's got abs. The man (laughs) has abs. That's 71. 71. Well, who who
0: has influenced you the most? What two or three people have influenced you the most over the years?
1: Well, I just said, so- uh, uh, Other other than him. And Richard Branson. I'm just thinking, going way back in my career, there were people that influenced me in how to sell, how to sell a vision um and you know there were a couple of individuals including robert friedland i don't know if you ever heard of robert friedland but he was he's a mining resource entrepreneur and multi-billionaire but for many years i was his chief investment banker uh when i ran yorkton securities and i watched him how he sold a vision and how he got people together to make that vision happen and uh i learned a lot from him i mean he's not a He's not a perfect individual, and even if he hears this, he knows I've, I would say it to his face too. He's not a perfect individual, but he has an amazing talent um, to sell ideas, and so he influenced me a lot.
0: Okay, and uh, what what do you define success as? You have talked a lot about it in the last twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's the balanced life idea, you know. And again, okay, I, yes. and I can't under, uh, sell this point, okay, because People think of success, usually, most people think of success success as a financial achievement. Yep. That's how most people think about it. You're successful. That means you did well. You made a bunch of money. That's not true because there are a lot of very rich people out there that are miserable SOBs. You know, they're just not happy. And I found my own way, it took, took me a number of years, but I found the way to achieve that balance which again, I did in that five piece uh, series. And, you know, what are they? So, you know, obviously my philanthropy, really important to me, the idea of, you know, giving to others, being kind, being helpful, um, loving and celebrating your family and friends. I am very much about my dinner parties where I love to cook, I'm, I, I, cooking is my favorite pastime. And I love to celebrate life with my friends and family. The idea of being passionate, only doing things that you're passionate about, So whether it's work or or philanthropy or a hobby, I've taken up many hobbies, you know, from songwriting to quantum physics, and because I love those ideas, I'm passionate about it. Adventures, you know, if you're lucky enough to have, get time off, have adventures. You know, I've done a lot of adventures, including climbing mountains and racing cars and, you know, things that, you know, triathlons, things that, really put you to the test. And it's another excuse to stay fit because you're always training for something. So you have to stay reasonably fit, but it's the adventure that gets your your blood going and you know, and get your heart thumping. And I, I think that that's ultimately important. And, um, and learning, and I'll always be learning new things. You know, I love learning. And I think if you wanna stay an interesting person, read a lot learn a lot try new subjects that you know nothing about learn about them um it'll make you a much more interesting dinner party guest than people that are super super smart but they're super super smart in one thing usually it's business and they know everything you need need to know about business or the, the markets or whatever but they have a very very narrow range of knowledge and i and i just don't find that interesting i i love people that where you can talk about anything, you know, any subject—history doesn't matter, pop culture, you know, anything that makes conversation interesting. How how can how can your success
0: be replicated,
1: <laughs> Peter? I get asked this a lot, you know, and everybody's looking for the secret sauce. It doesn't exist okay. because I have. N- if if there if in your audience there are, you know people starting out in their careers you know in their early 20s and they're trying to figure out how to become successful and they're looking this way for an answer I hate to disappoint but here's the problem because there's so much involved in achieving success a lot of it is luck Hmm. and people you know go oh yeah 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 no luck has a lot to do with it because being at the right place at the right moment in time in history has a lot to do with whether you become successful or not. And if I were to be starting out today as a young person, I don't think I would know necessarily where to start. I really don't, because the world has changed. It's not the same world that I grew up in. It's it's, it's moving very quickly, things are evolving very quickly, technology especially, and there's a lot of success being created in technology, and it will probably continue to be that way, and that's not my area of expertise. Um, so I, I don't know how to give guidance on financial success. I know how to give guidance on life success, and I just talked about it you know, a few moments ago, and, and that I think anybody can do. You, you know, Be successful, be balanced, you know, take care of others, learn, all those things, those are easy to do. Anybody can do.
0: Just do them basically every day, every week, every month.
1: I, I'm always doing something. <laughs> I like, I, I don't like sitting around and um, yeah, just experience life. You got to savor every moment. This life is a gift <laughs> and you know, it, and, it's very and, short. It only, it, and it's only when you get older that you start to realize, you know, darn it, you know, don't want to waste any day. I don't want to waste a single day, Not, you yeah. know? you got to enjoy it. This is an amazing gift.
0: So do you have a plan uh, to be more influential or continue to be as influential as you are? Or does yeah. it just happen? You have a plan.
1: Yeah, my plan is to live longer. <laughs> and okay. uh, if I live longer, I'll continue to do the things that I do, uh, which I already have, uh, have talked about. Uh, and I'll never give up on trying to influence others to think in the same manner, to, to to try and influence my again, my biggest beef in this world is that there are a lot of wealthy people, there's a lot of inequality, and there's a lot of injustice. And I think that trying to influence others through my others through my writing, or my my talks, things like this, if if I can influence others, I think that that's a you know that's I, I'd like to do that for as long as possible. I know people that are in their 90s. And then they're still writing op-eds about important things. You know, George Soros is 93. He's still writing op-eds um, and, uh, on things that he deems important. And so, yeah, I just think the idea of just trying to influence others to do, to do more and do better.
0: Do you enjoy doing interviews like this? Because you're very good at it.
1: I love it. I love it because you're talking about something that interests me. Like, you're talking about what's important. You know, if you were just talking to me about the stock market and you wanted to know about gold and, you know, I can do that for a while and that's fine, but this is much more interesting because I think, I don't know who your audience is for specifically, but if, if someone out there just, and I've had this feedback because I've done a lot of these talks that, you, you know, you get approached by people going, you you really made me think about something and you really influenced, you know, I want to do more. I want to, you know, so... Of course, I love it, because it, it I think it helps.
0: Yeah, it does help. i I would say that in the eight years since I last had the privilege of interviewing you, you have changed dramatically. Uh, you You're obviously wiser because you' have eight years of experience. But you're far more um, you're far more a human being uh, and passionate about your beliefs and what you're doing to help the world and help those people that you're associated with. I am impressed. I've always been impressed with you. I was impressed eight years ago, and I'm impressed today. Is there a secret for that? Do you have a secret sauce for that?
1: The, the, I think the secret sauce for that is that, I, and, and I'm saying this from experience, the more good that you do in the world, and I've in eight years, I've done a lot more things than what we talked about eight years ago, in my philanthropic life has become greater and a wider scope of things that we do and i find that the more that you do that sort of stuff that you immerse yourself in it the happier that you are and you know and i so i i just i'm, lo- I'm loving my life i think that this has been a great gift to be in a position to do these things yes. i find it an honor and a privilege mm. to do the things that i do i was given a great gift and to, to serve others, and you know what I think, I just want to live longer and just do more of the same. Um, yeah, you know I I think you grow. You know you do get wisdom as you get older, and um, and I think my wisdom has come from just you know knowing that I can really help a lot more people, and I wish I could do more. You know I wish I had the resources to do a lot more. Wish I was Bill Gates, <laughs> uh, you know, and had his kind of foundation, size foundation. but I don't. So I do what I can, as much as I can in all these different areas that I'm involved in. And it's immensely uh, satisfying. It's just great. Well, just listening
0: to you for the half hour, I can see in your face, uh, in your eyes, uh, how excited it is for you to talk about this. It must be even more so excited to actually physically do these many things you're talking about.
1: It is, trust me. (laughs) And I really
0: appreciate you taking the time, Frank. I I know you're a busy man and lots of requests in life. And thank you
1: so much. Peter, always a pleasure. You're you're, you're a great interviewer.
0: Thank you. If there's anything you think Canada-wide can do to help any of your endeavors, uh, I hope somebody will call. Laura, you or.
1: Yes. The answer is yes. And it's a very Canada-specific thing that I'll be launching soon where I need uh, a, a media sponsor, okay? It's a very big undertaking. Uh, I'll tell you about it.
0: Okay. Thank you. All right. Frank Juice has been my guest. What, a, what a, I know today. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Be safe.